Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. Today's return guest is comic book writer Marcus Atanasso, where I'll be asking what comics he's been reading recently and how the alien invasion apocalypse has been going for him. Um, But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Marcus and Nasso. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing well, Sam. Thanks for having me back on the cast. Oh, lovely to have you back. Uh, we had an absolute riot um, last time you were on, and, and you've been a busy guy um, since then. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, for those that have a, haven't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, yeah, well, right now um, I'm the writer of By the Horns. Uh, which is a, a sci-fi fantasy series published by Scout Comics. And uh, for people who haven't heard about it, I pitched the book as The Last Unicorn Meets Kill Bill. Um, <laughs> it's about a hunter named Elodie who wants to kill all the unicorns on the continent of Solithus for trampling her husband. Uh, the problem is it's impossible to find unicorns. So out of frustration, she goes out into the wild looking to slay any horned monsters that attack her and um, eventually she hears that there may be some unicorns um, in another community. And so she finds out that these wind wizards who are extracting all the magic from creatures um, on the continent. And so she gets into this uh, fight with them to try to find unicorns. And she's got a telepathic half wolf, half deer friend named Sajin. And she ends up having to team up with some <laughs> unicorns. She can rip off their horns, merge them together, and form mystic weapons. And it's just like a, a really fun uh, but emotional um, journey in this world that uh, my buddy Jason Muir, uh, who draws the book, and I uh, created. So we've done 20 issues so far, and then uh, we're going to be coming back with the third arc next year. Exactly, man. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, so the se- the second was uh, Dark Earth, and yep. then this third one. Are you allowed to reveal the title? Have you revealed the title yet? We did. Yeah, we did at the end of Great. Dark Earth. It's called Fire in the Sky. Yes, and it'll be eight exactly. issues. So that'll take us to uh, twenty eight in the in the series. So we write it as an ongoing series, um, but we break it up into mini series. But uh, yeah, they just man. continue right where uh, right where it left off. Exactly, that's awesome, man. Um, and yeah, for for anybody there that hasn't tried it, go try it. It's it's a great series, um, and you've done such such a, such a good job, man. Um, and yeah, of course you can get it um, from from your local comic book shop. So just go in there with the uh, with the diamond codes and whatnot, and uh, they'll they'll order it through to you. Or they might have copies in store already. So um, yeah. yeah, definitely go check it out. Yeah, um, scoutcomics.com also so. has uh, copies of the book and the first trade and if you go to marcuson.com um, i have stuff as well and um, i sign stuff for free so if you want to order from me feel free and get it signed awesome man that's really cool um and yeah of course all of those links will be in the show notes um but not only that um you've got another project that's just coming up as well don't you 
I do actually. Yeah. So I've been real busy because I've been writing these anthology books. So I just finished a short story for this anthology called don't push the red button. And it's a hundred plus page anthology of 11 stories that span multiple genres. And they're all inspired by this dilemma of choice where characters are presented with an opportunity to push the red button and gain something they want. But of course that comes with a cost. So I did this fantasy, a dark fantasy tale about a goblin warrior who has to ascend a mountain to push this button. <laughs> and my buddy Ignacio de Meglio is drawing it. And uh, I sent him a script yesterday or two days ago, something like that. Um, it's going to be on Kickstarter. It's already a project we love before it even launched, which is really cool of Kickstarter to acknowledge awesome. that. And it yeah. launches tomorrow, which is the 23rd. 23rd. Yes, 20, 23rd of October. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if you just go um, to Kickstarter and search for Don't Push the Red Button, it'll pop up instantly. Amazing, man. Amazing. No, really cool. Um, and uh, where else can people find you online? Um, you can go to marcuson.com. Um, that's my website. And there's lots of stuff on there um, with links to um, my projects. Um, there's sample pages. Um, there's links to podcasts that I do, uh, newsletter. Um, there's a free eight-page horror story on there <laughs> that I did with uh, my buddy Jason Muir, who works on uh, By the Horns, like I mentioned. So Halloween, so you might want to check that out. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter or X. I'm Darth Son on there. On Instagram, I'm uh, Darth Marcuson. And uh, if you want to stay in the know about By the Horns, you can follow us on social media. The book's handle is By the Horns Comic on all platforms, Facebook, X, Instagram. So Awesome, man. Everywhere, everywhere. Rock and roll. <laughs> and of course, all those, uh, all those links are in the show notes, everyone. Uh, so feel free to go uh, check out Mark Sands' uh, work and whatnot. Uh, now, last mm. time we spoke... I left you in the alien invasion apocalypse. So I'm wondering how, how it's been treating you. Well, listen, I'm doing great, buddy. I'm deep <laughs> in the Canadian wilderness. As I told you last time, right? Aliens aren't going there. And it's a quiet life here. I yeah, built man. a tree fort. I befriended a lynx I named Doom. We hunt <laughs> rabbits and reindeers together. And at night, we like staring at the stars and flipping them off. Because that's where the asshole aliens came from. And then we read comics that I took with me into the woods. We read them by firelight and we dream of cheeseburgers. And that's how it goes pretty much every day. Love it, man. Living the life. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> it sounds all right. Not bad. <laughs> that's great man and so like with with this whole situation how how has your your creative process been um with uh with by the horns um you know it's been great you know we uh we just finished uh uh dark earth and that was 12 issues and then um jason and i um we'd like to sit down and talk about the next story we have talked about it before but right before we do an arc we'd like to go out uh, and just discuss it a bit, you know, mm. to make sure that we're going to be able to do everything we both want to do for it because we're co-creators on that. Great. So, you know, we met for lunch uh, in a place where aliens don't like. And uh, 
<laughs> so we, we we hammered it out. Like I have the structure of it. I bring him out. Jason, this is what I want to do. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I like right. it. Or he's like, he'll come up with some ideas for environments or things that he might want to draw or ah. something I might say will trigger him. He's like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool to do. And we kind of hash it out so we know what the arc is mm. going to be like. Right. And we're both on board with it before uh, I start writing it. So we did that. Right. And then I ended up uh, um, in the real world, not in the alien apocalypse. I went to the New York City Comic Con. <laughs> and Jason was there too. And so we just oh, got great. back. And uh, so now I'm in the process of writing that, that first issue. Um, mm. And yeah, so we were off to the races. It'll be uh, eight issues and you know, it's fun. It's like, uh, I love talking about it with Jason. Cause uh, you know, it kind of gets you fired up for it again. Not that yeah, I wasn't man. already. Cause I love the characters, Not but knowing we're going into this third arc and it's um, yeah. It just raises the, the the epicness, I think, of the book. Right. I'm excited about that and to dive into the characters again and see how that how that goes and and in the meantime, you know, it kind of inspires other um, ideas for for comics and and, and writing. Mm. So um, it, I feel like my process is uh, you know it builds off of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, I just get more creative uh, the more I, I work on projects, but so yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and I'm I'm curious, really. Um, kind of, what's do you feel kind of your story structure and things? Because I mean, we mm -hmm. before before today's episode, we had a good twenty minute chat beforehand. We did, yeah, <laughs> to, to, to catch up and things. But um, you know, I'm curious about you know. It's, it kind of sounds like you're a bit of a gardener when it comes mm. to um, to story, but do you, do you apply any kind of like uh, story structure to it as in like a, a formal story structure or is are you purely kind of, you know, um, letting it create itself? You know, I'm kind of both. I, I do like to plan mm. things. This is how I kind of approach life in general, which is I like to mm. plan everything out. Um, mm -hmm. As far as comics go, you know, I like to figure out what the the heart of the story is going to be. Um, yeah. I write out character sheets for everybody. This is way back in the beginning. So I know mm -hmm. what their journey is, how they have to attain it, how it affects other characters. And so I, when I look at those and kind of see what the beats are and, and how long is it going to take for them to to get where they need to go. And so um, when I do that, I'll lay out the structure of um, the arc. So in this case, fire in the sky. And mm -hmm. then usually what I'll do is I'll know the beginning and the ending of it. And then I'll try to write out the beats for e each issue so I can see um, how the characters are developing um, throughout it and make sure I have enough room for all that, but also get in, you know, some awesome action stuff and um, plot stuff. And there's also a lot in By the Horns where um, we've seeded so many things and uh, that's paid off in, in the first arc and in the second arc. Uh, but there's still more to do with those characters. So I have to make sure that those those stories within the larger story get completed as well. Um, but then once I have all that stuff, a lot of times when I start writing an issue, that might change. I might um, not the overall structure, but how I get there might change just because when I'm writing the characters, I might think of something else mm. or, you know, they might lead me in a, in a different direction within like an issue. So sometimes there's some surprises in there, which is fun for me. 
and Jason, I hope. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so I kind of leave the middle of it a little bit loose just because I want to have the freedom to write it the way it should. I don't want mm-hmm. to feel like I'm pigeonholed into one particular thing. Yeah. Um Same. so then writing the first arc actually was really difficult because um in the very beginning of issue number one, we show you what happens at the very end of that arc. Mm-hmm. So I kind of trap myself knowing that that's going to be the end. How do you get there? I have to make sure I hit all the beats to get there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think we did it really well. I'm really pleased with how the whole, that whole first arc turned out. Um, but yeah, it's kind of structure and it's also the freedom to change if mm-hmm. you need to. Um, to make yeah. the book as good as possible exactly man no that's great that's great it's good to hear um and it is it's about finding that balance of yeah having that kind of that structure um and it's it's kind of like uh you know in in gardens when you kind of got those uh wooden trellises like they're kind of like uh, a, a grid format of wood that you put mm-hmm. above a plant pot and then like a a, a crawler will like attach itself and things so you kind of got the structure there that allows the plant to grow up in a certain way mm-hmm. and it's well, you're kind really of... into gardening sam yeah no I, I i i do like to have green fingers it's uh yeah it's you um, meet my it... wife she's really into it too she loves plants and i'm i can oh, do God. without the plants they look cool but man there's a lot to maintain <laughs> the maintenance you know? yeah is a pain is a pain for sure man well i have a house um, now too because i uh, I go. lived in the Chicago area before, but then during the pandemic, I moved to Hawaii for two and a half years, and then I came back mm. to Chicago. And so now we own a house, so we have a yard mm. and a lot of plants. Yeah. And my wife, Tracy, she loves plants. And <laughs> I, I'm not as big a fan, but they do look really nice. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, you, you, you can do without the uh, the maintenance, but uh, yeah, yeah no, they are nice to look at. And uh, when, when, when a garden's done properly, it looks great, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And it feels nice. Yeah, and she grew to... tomatoes and, and hot oh, peppers. And... Yeah, I mean, we had our first tomatoes this year, actually, um, and potatoes mm-hmm. and things in the garden. So that was nice. <laughs> Yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, really man. Good. And it's like, oh, cool. This came from my garden. It's kind of kind of for free in a way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Except a little for bit. all the work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. My favorite part, though, is like, <clears throat> you know, there's obviously there's a lot of pests and stuff in the garden. Yeah. So Tracy's like, oh, we get we have to go to the store and, and get some, some ladybugs, mm. you know, because they'll eat some of the yeah. critters yeah. that are going to attack your plants. So, so we go there and we're looking for these ladybugs and like oh we don't have any ladybugs but we have praying mantises mantisai i don't even know what the plural is that. yeah right like yeah, what we're gonna get praying mantis nice Amazing. And, so we got those and they hatched and um, i've cool. seen them a couple times uh really? i haven't seen it big That's tracy saw so one huge cool. i haven't seen it fully grown i saw the babies of it took pictures and everything but yeah we have yeah praying mantis all over the that's all wicked it's fun they are cool. They are yeah, really, really cool. cool yeah, they are. Um, the fun- one of the funkiest animals on the planet. Yeah. Um, just like, and so badass to just eat everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just have it. 
<laughs> awesome man well that's really cool dude that's that's really nice to hear how um how the, the the creative how your creative process works and it sounds like it it has been working and uh yeah now obviously uh you're now ready to rock on um issue one now that you've kind of solidified the actual arc for for number three um right. and uh yeah where, where does it lead after that after this upcoming arc or yeah i mean i can't will there be a fourth will there be a fourth oh there will be a fourth yeah it's cool we always designed it to be four arcs well oh really would maybe i almost feel like i want to do another four issue miniseries after that fourth arc Mm. just because um so scout was like oh we love for you to do an ongoing series and my preference would have been to just keep it numbering like one through 40 one through 50 mm-hmm. but of course you get a bit more of a pop when you relaunch with a new mini series mm-hmm. yeah so um and jason preferred that just because you know if we can make a little bit more money why not and i was like sure uh, all right i don't care because we're still doing <laughs> the story that we want to do yeah and we put legacy numbering on the back of mm-hmm. the, every book very good so always knew that it was going to be four arc because i have like I said, I have those character sheets. I know where the characters are going and I know how much room I'm going to need to make sure that each one of those characters has a satisfactory conclusion um, to their journey. And so, but now I've been thinking, I've always said to Jason, probably be between 40 and 50. So we did 12 issues of dark earth because I had more room. It's an ongoing, mm. but that has to be split into two trade paperbacks. The scout doesn't want to put out um, one big trade. Mm-hmm. We will put out a hardcover that collects all twelve, and we, nice. we do Kickstarter. We did Kickstarter for the first volume, yeah. and hardcover, which we're working on now, or it's getting printed. Um, but we're going to do another one for the second one, so it'll have all twelve issues. But as far as Scout goes, it's two trade paperbacks, so I didn't really want to break it up. I don't really want to call it Dark Earth One and Two, so I'm going to try to stick to eight, like I did with the first one for the third series and the fourth mm. series. Um, but I don't know if I need another eight issues after that. I might need like a four issues or something, a smaller um, ending. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, uh, but that's what I'm thinking. And then that'll be the, the complete story. I think I could, we could do more with the Beautiful, world if we, if we wanted awesome. to, but um, and then, yeah, no, if you, if you, I mean, begin, obviously you got other, you know, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Sam. Sorry. <laughs> i'm good man i just took a swig of water so what were you <laughs> sweet sweet no i was just gonna say um in terms of kind of you know future projects and things mm-hmm. is is that now in the back of your mind as far as the by the horn stuff no no yeah like you know beyond um by the horns because obviously oh, right, kind of, yeah. in your head you can kind of like see where the end end is gonna be um, right. and you know, I know that you've kind of got like some side projects at the moment, but have you got like your next big project in your well, head? Like, oh yeah. I mean, I have another, I have a sci-fi fugitive story that I'm also doing with my friend Ignacio, who I, I mentioned with the, um, Great. the anthology story. So we are actually started working on that a little before it's, it's, uh, it's bizarre and fun and chock full of just hardcore innovative fight pages a lot of weird cool. aliens it has a a big heart to it which usually my books do 
So I wrote a killer pitch for that one already. And so <laughs> Ignacio's done, he's done a lot of character designs. He's done about 10 pages of layouts. And I think we're going to be hitting that nice. one full force pretty soon, but he's working on this original all ages werewolf graphic novel uh, with writer Brian Hawkins for uh, Mad Cave Studios. We were actually, before we came on here, we were talking nice. a little bit about them. So once he finishes that, I think we're going to hit that full force, but that first issue is already done. Um, I have a, a mech series mm-hmm. with another publisher. A publisher asked me to write this. And um, so the book has a home. I own the story. We have a great artist on it. Um, the first issue clocks in at 60 pages and he's done maybe, I think he's done half of it. So I think that book has some of the mm-hmm. best, most intimate character stuff I've ever done. Really big twists. It's got a, just thunderous monstrous battles in it and i feel really connected to the the lead character which i don't think i've ever said her name is raven dio and Mm. um so i grew up watching robotech really love robotech and so this is kind of a nod Mm. to that series but it's also completely unique and uh, the publisher's small but i i like the people there they've been growing steadily in various markets and um I think it'll probably go up on Kickstarter first, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll have to see um, when it gets completed. It won't be done until next year, that first issue. So, uh, But that I've got planned for at least three arcs, so I'm hoping wow, it does cool. well uh, because I really – I mean, I will complete it. I always complete the stories that I start mm-hmm. no matter what, but um, but it would be nice to to see it successful and then be able to be able to do more with the, with the artist on it. And then – Man, I have so many other stories. I have, um, I kind of think of it as my opus. Uh, it's a horror right. story that I've been, cool. it's been percolating in my mind for a long time. Nice. And I actually, I don't really want to give anything away, but um, it was two different stories. And and I didn't know what to do with either of those two stories. Mm-hmm. This happens a lot where you have an idea, a really cool idea, but you're not yeah. really sure it goes. Yeah. Then I merged uh-huh. the two and I was like, Oh, now I know what the story is. So that one is really different. Beautiful. And um, there's, there's not really anything like it in comics. So I really, really want to get working on that one. So I think I'll probably awesome. spend a lot of time on that. That's next year. cool, man. And yeah. Nice man. Nice. And isn't it, isn't that amazing? Like it's just, it, it amazes me kind of how, you know, the human mind works when it comes to storytelling. And, you know, it, a lot of this happens subconsciously, doesn't it? Like as your, as your yeah. mind is forming the story and then like you have a moment of realization of that's how the jigsaw puzzle fits basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, it's so cool. when when a moment like that happens. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's, and, it's the uh, best. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's the best. I love it when it happens. It's a, uh, you know, it's it just clicks in your mind, and then and then you're off to the races. You know, because you spend. I don't think yeah. people realize, um, as a writer, as a storyteller, you spend a lot of time thinking. You know, the execution mm-hmm. of writing um, is a lot faster than the development of the ideas because you really have to to think it through mm-hmm. to find out what the story is going to be, the heart of it, um, so that it actually mm-hmm. works as a story. And um, so a lot of development is put into into comics. Totally, man. Massively. 
massively. That's really cool. Now, speaking of of, of comics and great stories, um, I'm wondering what comics you've been reading recently. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I've been reading um, less comics than I have in the past, I think. But the ones that I am reading now, I really, really love. And uh, I guess the first one I mentioned is Kaya. I don't know if you've if you've read that one at all, Sam, but it's one of my favorites. I haven't yet, no. So it's a uh, it's written and drawn by Wes Craig, who illustrated Deadly Class, which was a great book, and it's an epic fantasy story with a lot of heart, and it's about this warrior girl named Kaya, and she has this magic arm, and her little brother Jin is with her and around they're on this journey to get to a safe place after their home was destroyed. But as they way, as they make their way across the world, they get caught up in these, these big adventures. And Jin thinks that he's destined to save the world because of this prophecy, but we aren't quite sure if that's the case or not. And there's weird lizard riders and robots and just other crazy characters in it. And the book has a, um, like a Jack Kirby commandy esque feel to it, which I love those cool. little commandy books. And mm. uh, I just adore the way that uh, Wes lays out the pages. Just, he's just a phenomenal artist that sometimes he'll put in, I don't know, like 20 panels on one page. And that's usually wow. like a no, no uh, in comics, but the way he does it is, it's just phenomenal. And um, I always like to see when an artist tries their hand at writing and, and, and that person is successful because um, mm. it doesn't always work. I, I, I feel like I usually like a team on a book um, unless you get like great cartoonists like a Terry Moore or something. And that's all yeah, right. you know, what they've done. Sometimes um, when an artist hasn't really written anything and then and does it, it can be a little bit rough. And sometimes they work it out. But sure, man. Uh, Wes hit the ground running it's this this book uh and it's from image comics it's awesome that is really cool man yeah no looks like a lot of fun and it's a a great um great style as well um from the looks of it i'll have to check it out man um looks really cool definitely and it's it's just very different than deadly class too i wouldn't have uh, anticipated that he would want to do this fantasy story um but his artwork works perfectly for it. No, really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, no, I was hoping that you could read the first issue on the Image website, but you can't. Uh, sometimes they do that, but sometimes they don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you can look at some of the first um, first issue pages and, and things, and like, obviously yeah. the reviews are really good. So, yeah, And the cool know. thing about that, too, is that you're rewarded by reading it monthly. So I think there's a trade paperback of the first five issues. Right. Maybe even there's two trades out. Mm-hmm. But if you get it in trade, you don't get the sixth issue, which has like the ah. origin of Kaya's arm. Right. Um, so you you benefit from uh, reading it in, in floppy form. Nice. Uh, very very well like. uh, strategized <laughs> on that part. Because so. <laughs> people have to read the monthly book in order yeah. uh for the book to be successful because that it's coming out every month uh you know you nice. want to be able to uh make money off of that so that you can get to the the next arc and then you can put out the trades yeah exactly fair play man 
fair play. Um, and then uh, what else has been on your reading list of late? Uh, yeah, so another book I really like is called Local Man. Mm. And uh, this is an awesome book, especially if you grew up in the 90s, like I did. Right, yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a superhero action book and a rural crime story rolled into one. Wow. And it's uh, it's about this once very popular superhero named Crossjack who ends up living in his mom and dad's basement in the Midwest. But he can't mm. quite let go of his superhero past and his superhero past can't quite let go of him. And it's uh, <laughs> written by Tim Seeley, who lives around the corner from me, and Tony Wait, Fleeks uh, with art on the main part of the story by Tony. Uh, I say main part because uh, Local Man is, is a flip book. So you get this main story, mm. which is most of the issue, and then you flip it. And on the other side, you get this short superhero flashback tale that's drawn by Tim. And so you wow. get to see when he was Crossjack and action and work with the superhero team. And it all very much leans into the design and the feel of the 90s image superhero comics. And there's 90 references all throughout the book. And so it feels like it was created exactly for me. Like I am the audience for this book. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like people really, really love this. I, I wonder, um, what younger readers might think of it, you know, is yeah. it, does it, does it work for them or not? I think it would just cause it's a good story. Yeah. Uh, but if you know a lot about the nineties and you were reading mm. stuff back then, um, I think you get even more out of it. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, man. Oh, that's cool. So another, another one for my, uh, for my reading list for sure um very yeah, cool it's great you, you gotta read that one and there's maybe i think there's six issues out now oh yeah i think six and then they did a one shot yeah too. yeah no the yeah the seven literally the sixth i think came out this week and uh looks like the seventh is due for november 29th so nice yeah and then they did a one shot i forgot what it's called but uh it's like mm. an oversized one shot as well oh, which really? I, I thought was cool cool nice man excellent um and then uh yes um what's what's your your third title that you've been reading well um this is one of my all-time favorite characters so i'm happy to see that he's back and it's conan the barbarian and conan is now being published by titan awesome. Comics. kind of bounced around <laughs> from dark horse to marvel yeah. and now to titan and of course um, the original marvel comics uh was where i kind of fell in love mm -hmm. with that character so I've loved this relaunch from Titan. It's written by Jim Zub with art by Robert De La Torre. And uh, he delivers a style that looks almost exactly like my all-time favorite Conan artist, John Bashema. And the right. book is actually written like the old Marvel comics, where it has this omniscient mm. narrator, and it's kind of got that flowery language when it's describing things. So it feels like mm. Roy Thomas is penning these books, which I really like. And uh, I'm I'm a huge, huge Conan fan and love all Conan things. Um, and I'm in the process of completing my Marvel Conan collection. So I had some when I was a kid. I lost some to a flood. And oh, over my. the years, I've been trying to get every single issue. There's 275 issues in, in the Marvel run. Mm. And uh, I only need t about 20 more at this point. But I only get them at comic book conventions or at comic book shops. Right. So, I, cause I want to recreate the, the thrill of the hunt. You know, I don't nice. want to buy them online. I just, I just yeah. want to get them when I'm out there. And nice. uh, so 
and this was cool actually this the other day i went to this new comic book shop called um zombie unicorn and it's not very far from where i live <laughs> uh, i think it may have opened right. in, the, in the pandemic <laughs> i was like i gotta yeah, go yeah. there it's, it's about a unicorn i read a book <laughs> a book about yeah. unicorns so i went there and the owners were awesome they i was i spent like over an hour there or something great um and they uh, they actually have a uh, a screen printing uh space in the uh-huh. back and they made a t-shirt for me right there of of their store which was really nice and uh so i was went there i was looking for conan they didn't have any but the the shop owner says hey you know there's a guy who who comes here and buys books and he just came into this big collection he's he said he had some Conans. Do you want me to to call him up for you? I said, oh yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he called this guy John, and um, um, John had gotten like half this collection from a from a guy he knew, and uh, he had some of the Conans I needed. Uh, but he's like, oh, in October I'm going to get a whole other half of comics, and I might have more. And uh, after New York Comic Con, he did. He contacted me, and he did. He had like almost the full round of Conans. So we just met on Friday. Yeah, Friday. Uh at Zombie Unicorn and he brought his books in and uh I went through them and I was able to get a few more, especially the early issues, which is the ones that I need. Uh so and they were in pretty good shape. Most of them were in pretty good shape. And he had those like oversized treasury edition Conans. Have you seen those? Marvel nice. used to these wow. books. And they were like reprints of some of the of the of the old stories and uh, they're just fun to have like i have the issues but having the big oversized additions is is pretty awesome so yeah i'm a pretty big conan guy and uh uh i'm very close very very close <laughs> sam to like finishing this run but uh <laughs> that's awesome i love your commitment i love your commitment that's so it's good fun. it's yeah, fun dude. and I mean, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid. Like, I remember there was no internet when I was a kid. I mean, you're, I'm sure no. you're younger than I am. But um, I had di- I had dial up in the '90s, but yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> basically no internet. <laughs> no, so you would just have to go to the comic shop to find stuff. There was no yeah, right. other way. To oh, there was it. no eBay. There was no, none of that. No. Like all, all you could do on the internet back in the day, kids, was go 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 in a chat room and you could download one song over the period of about 24 hours. That was yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, there was something I liked about that. We're going to these comic shop and you're just flipping through the long boxes and everything. And, you know, it wasn't easy to find everything you needed because, you know, and back in the day too, stuff didn't get relaunched as much as it does now. So, yeah. you know, it, they were just long runs. So if you got into X-Men like I did, you mm-hmm. know, it was, I don't remember what issue it was, like 270 something maybe. Um, no, actually, no, I think it was 251 was my first issue because that's the Wolverine. He's right. like, he's like crucified, and it's like a, a purple cover, and he's in green. Nice. That's a great cover <laughs> by the Reavers, yeah, 251. Nice. So, nice, anyways, man. but you get into it, right? And that's your first issue, mm-hmm. and you just jump into it. You don't need a number one, you but you might want to go back and get some of the other issues, at least from the first, cool. sto- you know, the first um, issues in that story arc. Um, so yeah, that's, I just remember that fondly. And so I just want to try to recreate that. And, and that's been fun. It definitely feels um, like the old days getting these Conan books. Yeah, man. No, that's really nice. That's really nice. Uh, 
Now, moving on to your next title, mm-hmm. um, looks really interesting. I haven't come across this one. Right. Uh, the Ribbon Queen, right? Yeah, right. So this is a, a new horror crime series from Garth Ennis mm. with the artist Jason Burroughs. And um, I believe they worked together on another book, actually. I can't remember mm. the name of it, though. Mm. Anyways, um, it's set in the wake of summer 2020's Black Lives Matter protests. And it follows mm-hmm. New York City detective Amy Soon. And she's working on this grisly murder case. And she finds out that there are some bad cops who are being hunted by something very terrifying. I don't want to give away what happens, but it starts like a police procedural. And then it hits you with that trademark Ennis brutality. And if you know Ennis, you know, like nobody does Mm, gore like this guy. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's an eight issue series from AWA Comics, which I haven't read a lot from AWA. They've been around now maybe a couple years really they've got really good creators mm. i just and they've got good editors and i think axel alonzo uh is an editor there and you know he used to work at vertigo and marvel and um so it's right. eight issues i think three issues are out now two or three and it's been fun and it's uh it's cool to see anna still doing just interesting stories that you that you wouldn't expect from him mm-hmm. yeah totally that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll have to uh, pluck up the courage to try and try and read this one. <laughs> if it's if, it, if, it, if it's if it's uh, as brutal as any of his prior work, oh, but uh, yeah, no. you, I need you to read the first issue because you'll see what happens. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> and it's funny because you know when I first was getting into comics, you would read them, and there were things that would happen in the books, and like it my jaw would drop because I hadn't seen it before. Cause it's the first time I've, I was getting into comics, but now that I've mm. been reading comics for all this time, I'm not that shocked by things, Right. but Ennis can still do it. He still does it. And he yeah. did it in, this, in that first issue. There you go, man. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. No, he still, still manages to uh, push the envelope and yep. kind of, yeah. Make you, uh, be sick sick inside yourself (laughs) yeah absolutely that's what he does best (laughs) exactly man that's great uh now what what was your uh fifth and final title that you've been reading recently yeah the fifth one is really new it's uh it's birds of prey and uh i've become a big fan of writer kelly thompson because Mm -hmm. of her run on captain marvel um but even more than that her image uh, fantasy series black cloak i love that book um, it's on hiatus right now. I think they did like six, seven issues, something like that, but it's coming mm. back. So I was really excited for this new birds of prey book. Uh, Cause I used to read birds of prey uh, back in the day. I love the characters. Um, you can't see it cause we're not doing a video chat, but I have mm. a bunch of statues of all of like the Gotham girls uh, above nice. me. So the, most of the, the old school birds of prey are up there. Um mm. So yeah, and I and the first issue, I've only read the first issue. I believe two issues are out now. But I loved the first issue. Uh Kelly delivered on this one. It's fun, it's action-packed, and it just features some funny and endearing moments between the characters. Mm. And I love Leonardo Romero's line work. It has a very silver age comics feel to it. And I would say the colors 
remind me of the Silver Age as well because they use it's almost it almost feels like spot colors, but, but it is more than that. But um, the tones remind me a lot of uh, old school comics. So it's just a killer first issue because it establishes the character personalities and the dynamics extremely well. Mm-hmm. And then the way the team comes together is also just well done. Um, it's, it's a personal mission uh, for Dinah uh, Black Canary because she's trying to rescue her sister, Sin. And so she has to bring this team together to accomplish that. And it has a, a Black Bat, Cassandra Kane. I think she's called Black Bat now. Big Barda's in it. Uh, Zealot mm. from the old uh, uh, Wildcats comics. And Harley Quinn is the is the team. Of and, course. Uh, yeah. It's just fun. I, the dynamics and the, the, the character she chose just works so well together. And it was a Maybe one of my favorite first issues. One of my favorite first issues of this year for sure. Nice, man. That's great. Um, yeah, no, great that they're able to kind of revitalize that. Yeah. You want a bonus one? I got a bonus one for you. Yeah, you go on. Go on. Let's, let's throw it in. <laughs> this just came out on Wednesday, but I got it a little earlier because I was at New York Comic Con and they had an exclusive of it. It's from IDW. And it's called but Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees. Whoa. And uh, it's freaking great. Let's see. I'm going to open it up to see who did it. Uh, I'm not familiar with the creator. Somebody named Horvath uh, Asma. I can't pronounce that. Asmain Elhau. That's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's um, how yeah. do I describe this book? All right, it's a murder. It's about a it's a murder mystery in this small town, but the town is made up of animals. So it's an anthropomorphic town that mm-hmm. kind of looks like like a child's fairy tale. All the mm-hmm. critters are like it's like Teddy Ruxpin if you remember that yeah. kind of characters. These these just really cuddly furry characters, and it's done in a style that looks like a kid's book almost. Mm-hmm. but it's a very adult book. And uh, the first issue was, was very good. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see, I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't know how many issues, maybe, I don't know. doesn't say, no. but uh, I thought that was a really nice uh, debut. I've never um, heard of these creators. Great. And I just liked, there's something about it that makes it more horrific because it's these cute, cuddly creatures. It's basically like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> but with murder in it <laughs> it's just it's crazy yeah right well that, that 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 movie came out recently didn't it where they had that um because winnie oh, the pooh is yeah, now the in the public horror. domain so you so like all the all the um low budget horror movie studios are like waiting for all of these properties to go on public domain so that they can go <laughs> to go right. hell for leather with it all <laughs> yep 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 but yeah, I like that. So if you, you like a good uh, like crime book, uh, but set in mm-hmm. just a completely um, different environment with these cuddly yeah. creatures, then you know if you like the idea of that, I think you'll you'll dig that book. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Sweet dude. Well, it sounds like like 
you were saying that you haven't been reading too many comics recently, but you, it sounds like you have been reading a fair amount. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's six books. So yeah. Yeah. yeah man, I mean, not I bad. love comics, you know, I'm always on the lookout for new and interesting comics and um, cause I just love the medium so much, obviously. Exactly, and uh, you know, I'm always fascinated by what other creators can come up with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause my, my mind's always swirling with, with all these different ideas and uh, you know, but I hadn't thought of something like uh, beneath the trees where nobody sees, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. No, yeah. that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Excellent. Well, Marcus and Nasso, it's been really good uh, to to catch up. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing By the Horns come to its full completion at some point over the next probably 18 months, I'd have thought. Um, this third just being um, in the process of being mm-hmm. created and the fourth after that. And then I, I look forward to to this uh, horror um, horror comic that you've got got in the works as well. Did I give you no details on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, indeed. yeah, no. Like even the fact that, yeah, um, you know, that it's come from your head intrigues me. So, yeah, yeah that's, no, I'm in. <laughs> that one is, um, I, I feel like it's the biggest book I've ever attempted. So I'm really wow spending a okay. lot of time on it. It's, it's just going to be, there'll be things that I've never seen in comics. And so I'm going to take my time with it. So it's like my opus, I guess. Uh, But yeah, in the meantime, putting out other cool, fun books, hopefully in 2024. And, uh, you know, I, I love coming on this cast, you know, Mm -hmm. I hope you have a a, a great hiatus and you, you know, thanks to do all the creative things that you want to do. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, this is just a terrific, terrific podcast you know i'm uh, i love coming on it talking to you but i also just really enjoy listening to it so thanks for all these hours of just really fun and interesting um chats with creators and you know setting it in these um mm. far out uh environments where you have to really <laughs> think about comics on a different level oh dude thank you so much it's uh it's been a real honor to uh to have done this and yeah although uh yeah i will be going on a hiatus i'll i'll hope to be back in you know 2025 um is the is the plan and uh we'll get you back on the show then um and see 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 what's going on in the alien invasion in 2025 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you can get a hold of me in the Canadian wilderness, I'd be happy to, uh, point. to appear. Good point. I'll have to give you a sat nav, uh, a sat phone. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if those those are still working, in fact. Um, but uh, yeah, there like, we go. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, but dude, thank you so much for coming on again, um, and best of luck um, with with all of your projects. Um, and I'm sure that 2024 is going to be uh, an even better year um then uh, 2023 has been for you thanks so much sam no worries take it easy mark sam bye ciao for now thanks again to mark sam for being on comics for the apocalypse it was an 
absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Marcus Sand's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse can pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.